0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real, goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk live here on YouTube. Welcome to everyone listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Everyone who can hear the sound of my voice, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go to YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. I need you to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Welcome one and all. Real Take Sports Talk number seventy. And what an episode we have for you today. We're going to be talking about the NFL, the NFC, I should say, the NFC and AFC Conference Championship Games, respectively. Also going to be delving into some NFL news. Antonio Brown is suing, yes, suing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to have some news out of the NBA. My team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, have finally put together a winning roster for the first time since LeBron James left. We'll talk about that. We're also talking about some news from Cooperstown as some Hall of Fame snubs, or at least a talk, I should say, of Hall of Fame snubs, is rolling around as it does every year, and we're going to get to the real take truth of that. So join this journey with me. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Give leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. Let's get right into it, everyone. Let's talk about the NFL, and let's talk most notably about one of the NFL's most controversial figures, especially right now. Let's get into Antonio Brown, because boy, oh boy, is this a big one. Antonio Brown is suing, yes, suing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is coming off the heels of Antonio Brown, um, you know, just basically saying that he was not going to play, him quitting the team. So... After appearing on HBO's Real Sports with Brian Gumble, they there was a lot of talk about Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown goes on Real Sports with Brian Gumble, and he says through his attorney, through his representative, that he intends to file a lawsuit. He intends to take legal action against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for specifically defamation of character. Because the Bucs were going around claiming that this episode, quote-unquote, by Antonio Brown was a mental episode. They he The Bucks are saying that, hey, this guy just quit on our team. We're worried about his mental well-being and whatnot, and that has kind of been the narrative of, of Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown and his team say no. This is a quote, I believe, from Antonio Brown's representative. It says Antonio was defamed by this spin that he had a mental health episode that makes him who is not re- – that makes him not – who's not re- – makes him someone who is not reliable uh, to do a good job. And that's great. That's great. As we get interrupted by great, com- by these great commercials. Anyway, Antonio Brown, as I just said, Antonio Brown is suing the Bucks for defamation of character. This is leading a lot of people to reignite the conversation around him about whether or not he is dealing with something potentially, whether or not, he might have a gripe here because his lawyer says that this is defamation of character. Antonio Brown's lawyers say that, hey, this is not a mental episode. This was not something that had to do with mental health. And this, in fact, makes other mental health moments of the real mental health moments that people have look less credible because you're projecting it on Antonio Brown. That's the claim from Antonio Brown and his representative. They obviously are inclined to do so. And look, we should be very clear about this. We can not confirm right now whether or not Antonio Brown had a mental health episode or is dealing with something like that. And I that's why I don't go into the speculation of, oh, he is experiencing CTE. I don't, you know, over-exaggerate things I don't know about. One thing we do know is, though, everywhere Antonio Brown has been, be it Pittsburgh, be it Oakland, be it New England, be it Tampa Bay, four teams he's been with. Three of those teams, I believe, in four years. Or three of those teams, I believe, yeah, in, in three years, actually. Antonio Brown, wherever he's been, has made a reputation of always leaving on bad footing and in a very over-dramatic way. His exit, his exodus with the Bucks, bad footing, overdramatic to a T. And look. Antonio Brown is saying that, you know, this has is this stems from an issue of him not being healthy enough to play or him having the belief that he was not healthy enough to play in that in that Jets game when he walked off to that. I say, okay, Let's see what the record states, because here's the honest truth, the God honest truth about this Antonio Brown situation. He's a great player. But and this is a big but. It is very difficult, very difficult to take him at his word, given his track record. This is the same individual who threatened his accuser in a group chat and then made it public, thinking this would be a good thing. This would be this was the same individual who put a a, a call he had with his coach, a private conversation he had with his coach, out there for the rest of the world and made and went into Premier Pro and made a a video about it. This is the same guy who got into a spat with his starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. is the same guy who refused to show up for practice for the week leading up to a Week 17 game in 2018 where if the Pittsburgh Steelers won, they would have made the playoffs or could have made the playoffs, I should say. And guess what? He didn't show up the entire week. He wasn't there for his team. And then he showed up on the day of the game thinking he was going to play and was surprised when he got benched. That's Antonio Brown. So forgive me if I find it hard to believe that Antonio Brown might be right in this situation. Forgive me if I'm not willing to give Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt. Which is saying something because I usually give players the benefit of the doubt more often than not. It just comes down to this individual and his track record and it's not and i'm not trying to say that antonio brown is necessarily a bad individual, a bad guy, whatever. That's not for me to say. What is for me to say is that antonio brown did not do himself any favors leading up to this. Throughout his entire career, the thing about antonio brown that has always puzzled me is you have you have such a great talent. Effortlessly great talent. Who just somehow always willingly just pisses all that talent away for seemingly nothing? Every single time, every single time, when one of these situations happen, you're just you're just left scratching your head, being like, "What is this dude thinking?" And I think that's why you honestly get a lot of the things about mental health. That's why you get a lot of the you know, concerns about whether or not he might be going through something. And to that extent, you know, I understand why. But at the same time, we shouldn't, you know, talk about it and sensationalize it in a way. Because if that is the truth, it's a very serious condition or it's a very serious issue that needs to be addressed. I can't be the one to address it, though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't be the one to address it, though. The only one who can go out there and address it is Antonio Brown. So, as far as what this means, I don't know what this means. Litigation, it, this could take years. This could literally take years. And honestly, the bets are that the Bucks end up just saying, hey, we don't want to deal with this. Here's a settlement offer. I don't know how much it would be for. I don't. I'm not sure they've even filed the paperwork yet for this defamation lawsuit. But there's a really good chance they're going to end up settling anyway. Because why would you want this around? Why would you want to give it attention, right? But for all the people who are out there defending Antonio Brown, it is very hard to be on this guy's side given just how much he has. It's like the boy who cried wolf, if that makes sense, right? It's like the boy who cried wolf. He's just cried wolf probably three too many times at this point for me to take his side right now as far as me believing that Antonio Brown is 100% in the right Without seeing any evidence, without seeing you know any doctors' reports or anything like that, I I think there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of talk about this for a while to come. There's gonna be a lot of talk about this. We're going to be talking apparently about Antonio Brown for the next months, years, possibly in relation to this lawsuit. And I guess that's just how it's gonna be. And hey, it's look as far as his lawyer goes. Dude seems like a smart man. Dude understands what he needs to do to keep his client relevant. I get all that. But as far as defamation, I don't know if they really have a case about defamation. Because because really what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians and a lot of the people on that team were saying was we're concerned about him. And we hope he gets out. I don't think that's. I don't think that's really defamation. I don't think that's gonna. I, I'm gonna find it actually hard to believe now to think about it that a judge would see that in any way as defamation and not throw the case out. Like you have a really, really hard ladder to climb if you're gonna take those statements at face value and think that they're and try to prove, I should say, that they are defamation. The other thing that Antonio Brown was in the news about was he apparently went out and tweeted out this, uh, I should say, a meme or this graphic where he was saying like, where, where it was like him leaving the field, holding up a sign saying Bucks eliminated, uh, referring to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting eliminated from the playoffs. And to that, I got to say, I mean, Petty, could you be any more Petty? I don't think you really could be any more petty like unless he was at the game actively rooting for the Los Angeles Rams like that's the only way you could have been any more petty like that would I mean look I've never been in an NFL locker room. I'm not gonna pretend like I understand the dynamics or, or how any of that works, right One thing I do know though is I do know people I do know when you're part of a group when you're part of a team when you're part of of a, a, a works place well where whatever. When you're working on something together, when you're working on a project, when you're working on a YouTube channel, when you're working on whatever together. And you might have someone who leaves on bad terms. You might have someone who leaves, right, or what have you. And it might be because of issues that had to do with things higher up than, you know, the people you directly worked with. Like, let's say you leave a job and you get along with your coworkers great. Your boss, though, is kind of, you know, not great. And because of those disagreements, you leave. How shitty would it look if you, like after, let's say, I don't know, the place closes down or you guys lose a project or what have you, right? How shitty would it look if you went up to that job and went up to your former coworkers who you were still cool with, apparently, who didn't have a problem with you, weren't the reason you left? How how shitty would it be if you were rubbing it in their face that this bad thing just happened to their work, right? And I'm not trying to equate that with, you know, people losing their jobs or anything like that, right? I'm, I'm just saying, on a very human level, it's a shitty thing to do. It's a petty thing to do. And it's exactly what Antonio Brown did. The same people, the same Antonio Brown who says that Tom Brady wasn't his boy, right? And Tom Brady wasn't his boy, apparently, because... Ooh, Tom Brady didn't get me paid like Gronk. Well, Antonio, over the past three years, you have proven to be the one thing that will, um, that will take you off most draft boards, that will take you off most free agent boards, that will take you off most anything when it comes to the NFL. You have proven to be unreliable. And that's just true. You're refused. I still don't understand this. You refused to play for the Oakland Raiders at the time. All you had to do was show up on Monday night football, like which was like two days away at this point. You had to show up on Monday night football, you get your $30 million, you walk out, and you're good. But nope. Had to get released. You did you couldn't make it work with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, by the way. Tom Brady literally brought you onto the New England Patriots and then used a lot of his clout to get you on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because I'm telling you right now, man, there's not a lot of people who would have signed you otherwise. Like, not a lot of people would have signed you to play football. And he's mad because he didn't get a max contract. Antonio Brown, the talent is worth it. Antonio Brown, the person? Antonio Brown, the entire package? Hell no. I'd rather pay OBJ. A lot of people would say, oh my God, Antonio Brown... Like, like, I have my one friend who tells me, Antonio Brown or it should have gotten paid more than OBJ. Fuck off. Like, seriously? You're telling me the guy, OBJ, say what you want, right? Injuries, what have you. But he's not off the field because of drama he created. He doesn't bring a black cloud to every single team that he's gone to. Antonio Brown's the one who does that. He's the one who's unprofessional. So no. No, dude. Like y- honestly, you you with all the stuff, and I mean all the stuff that Antonio Brown's been through over the past few years, he's lucky to still be playing football. Lucky. It's a it, he is privileged to be playing football. And look, he still made more money than I will ever make in my entire life. And I'm supposed to feel sorry because he didn't get paid. I'm supposed to feel sorry because Antonio Brown thinks he's the number one receiver on that team. When in actuality, he's probably the third, fourth best receiver on that team. Or sorry, fourth best skill player on that team right now. I I, I saw that podcast where like the the hosts were kissing his ass. Or one of the hosts was kissing his ass being like, oh, who's the best player on that team? And it was like, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. No question, no question. It's like, why? Bro, you're just saying that because he's sitting right there. And Tony Brown's sitting right there, and he asked me who's the best player on that, who's the best receiver on that team. I'm like Mike Evans, hands down. You know why? Mike Evans never caused an off-field problem. Mike he- Mike Evans didn't cause an on-field problem. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, I know there's like this trope about diva wide receivers that we're trying to get away from. Like, like I that's why I hate it when people make like say Odell's a diva. I'm like, Odell's having fun. Like all the stuff Odell used to do, like when he would like, you know, propose to the 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 net or whatever on the sideline, you know, just having fun. That's not diva behavior. That's having fun. That's not hurting anyone. It's not hurting yourself. Completely different situation. Guys, hit that like button, subscribe and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. We got so much else to talk about. Um, we got Liam in the chat. Welcome, Liam. He says, yo, I just had three ads. Omer um, making money off my loyalty. Uh, I I don't even I don't know why you get ads at this point. I mean, I think I got monetized and then ads just started. But sorry about three. Uh, let's see. Liam says, I come in here at nine seconds just to be given three ads. Nah, I'm kidding. Proud of you, Mr. Money. I'm Dude, this is YouTube money. U- YouTube is getting that money. I'm not making shit, but I appreciate it. Uh, I'll try to see the settings and see if I can go lower on the ads. Um, Liam's also says, don't watch the NFL, but Antonio Brown sounds like a real piece of work. If you're against him, if you're against him, but you'll love him if he's on your team. I mean, uh, so far, every team he's been on, the, the fans started pretty much hating by the time he leaves. So there's that. And Liam says, hold on. He's suing his own team. That's what Antonio Brown's doing. Someone's asking me what what's Antonio Brown up to right now? win his own team? Maybe like that. Speaking of own teams, man, let's talk about my team. Let's talk about my own team. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, baby. The Cleveland Cavaliers are right now the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. This is the first time in Jan- by January this team has had a winning record since LeBron left. Both times. <laughs> like, literally. If you take out, like, from the years 2014 to 2018 when LeBron was here, and you go back to before LeBron, I think it was, like, 1998. The last time this team had a winning record In in uh, at this point in January. It's an accomplishment. Because... Say what you want about it. Say that the team doesn't make sense. Say that we have too many centers. We have too many seven-foot athletes. Say whatever you want. The Cavs right now are the number five seed and are going toe-to-toe with some of the really good teams in the NBA. Are they one of the best teams in the NBA? Obviously not. But they don't need to be. For a Cavs fan who has known nothing but despair outside of LeBron James' existence in a Cleveland Cavalier uniform. For a Cavs fan who has known nothing that's even remotely close to success without LeBron James, this is a massive accomplishment because it happened in spite of the team not making any moves that made sense. This happened in spite of Dan Gilbert still being the owner of the team. This all happened. In spite of so many obstacles, we fired our head coach last year because he was—he sucked. He sucked because that's what all we that's all we do with our head coaches. Guys, we hire this random college head coach. We we hired this random like, you know, oh, my God, this is the next big thing. Oh, my God, who are we going to Mike Brown again? We're going to hire him. David Blatt. Oh, yeah, because I worked out hire all these big time head coaches. They never work out. Because that's what happens in Cleveland. But J.B. Bickerstaff look, looks like he might be the real deal as far as creating something. And, and that's the most important thing the Cavs can do right now. They're a young team who have a lot of really good young pieces. Jared Allen, Laurie Markkinen, that bad man Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, who has just turned into an... I want to say all-star level player that's what I think he's turning into I mean I know we lost Colin Sexton we lost um Ricky Rubio obviously you bring in Rajon Ronda to bring in to, to bring in that more uh facilitator role like Ricky Rubio would Kevin Love is still doing his thing he's getting paid a lot money a lot more money than he probably should be but hey he's Kevin love. Jetty Osmond is out there doing his thing, being a really solid role player. Sometimes he can take, he can take over games. Like, like, that's what he does sometimes. The Cavs have a very young roster that are all very talented. My one thing, I know there's a lot of fans in Cleveland, there's a lot of fans who, who, of the Cavs who think, man, they could, uh, they could make a run, they could make a run. I'm like, ah, let's... All right, let's hold our horses here. Because while I love the idea of the Cavs even being in the playoffs, this is a team by the way, I just want to be clear, the Cavs could very well win a playoff series. Like they're not they're not a they're not like a bad playoff team. They're not like, oh, you look at them, they're a one and done playoff team. It's a team that if they put the pieces together, like they if if they put the, a game plan together and stick to it, they could win a playoff series. Like, this is actually a very talented team. I mentioned Laurie Markkinen. I mentioned Jared Allen. I mentioned Evan Mobley. These are three guys who could give you a double-double any night of the week. You got Darius Garland out there who's just a bucket right now. He is so hard to stop. He's a bucket right now. And then you got the veteran leadership of Kevin Love. You got Jetty Osmond, who's been around, who know or who's been around the uh, the team for a while, who knows what it takes. He was on uh, those those uh, teams that LeBron took to the NBA Finals. You, you you bring all that under a coach like J.B. Bickerstaff, who looks like he's got it together. He's like the first coach, I think, since like I mean, you know, I don't really count Tyron Lou's tenure. And again, this is not you know hating on Tyron Lou. LeBron was the coach of that team. Come on, like LeBron was the coach. Yes, the, the Tyron Lou game plan and all that. But I'm talking about from, from setting a culture, Tyron Lou wasn't the one setting the culture. That was all LeBron. But J.B. Bickerstaff has been able, I think, to set a culture and a good one that these young players can actually thrive in. That doesn't mean this team doesn't have problems. They're very inconsistent. That's why I said, you know, like any one of these guys could give you probably like 20 and 10 a game. But they don't. And I think do think it has to do with a little bit with the way the team is structured. Got all these really good big men, but then like fi- finding a way to perfect that rotation, it can be challenging. You had well when you had Colin Sexton, you know, you had to kind of balance the dynamic between him and Darius Garland. So it so it, it's going to take a little bit of tweaking. It's going to take a little bit of time. But to, for the Cavs who have won twenty nine games, nearly thirty games. At this point in the year, that's a big deal. That is a big freaking deal. Cavs fans everywhere, rejoice! We're not going to the finals, but we are going to the playoffs. You can bet your ass we are, because my gosh, it's just so, it's just so great to 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 have something to root for and to have something to look forward to. Like I understand, I understand what Knicks fans have gone through. I Johnny G, Andrew, my friends. I understand what you're going through or what you went through last year. The only difference is I've actually seen my team in my lifetime win a championship. So it's the only difference. Actually, I, I, I've spoken about this before. I am a very blessed sports fan because if you call, if you count all the four major sports in America, um, American football, basketball, hockey, and baseball, I have seen all of my favorite teams win in my lifetime. yeah, uh, like like and and it's weird because like the the Caps and the Nats, the Caps and the Nationals, they won like back-to-back years. And then like, you know, two years before the Caps won, the Cavs won. So there was like a like a four-year stint where three of my teams just won. And I was like, "Oh, word. I'm just No wonder 2018 was a great year for me. Like 2018's best year in my life." By the way, just want to put that out there. We'll get into why at some point later on one day. Um, if you guys want to get into why eventually and you guys want to hear me get into why, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Leave a five-star review. Check out Realtakesports.com for articles that are going to be coming up soon. I, br- I promise, podcasts, and much more. Realtakesports.com. And let me know what you guys want to talk about in the chat. Put your questions in the chat. Let's get it going. So let's move on, and by the way, I do have a special, special surprise, everyone. Ben is going to be joining us here in, I believe, the next 15 minutes. So he'll be joining us, and we're going to be talking about the NFL, some conference championship stuff. So we'll get him in here in just a second, but before we get to that, I do want to talk about some news out of Cooperstown. And yes, Cooperstown, for those of you who are wondering, is where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. So let's get in some Baseball Hall of Fame talk. Um, so the Baseball Hall of Fame announced that Big Poppy, David Ortiz, is going into the Hall of Fame class this year. He is the lone inductee. The Boston Red Sox great, of course, was there for a long, long time. And he had a historic career He's part of some World Series teams. And that's great. Big Poppy deserves it. David Ortiz, it was a generational talent. He was a generational player and he was a generational leader. But as always with the Baseball Hall of Fame, we all we love to focus a lot of people like to focus on you know who got in, but mostly everybody apparently likes to focus on who got snubbed. And once again, we saw that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did not get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. They were denied their entry into Cooperstown. This is after years of uh, a lot of fans lobbying for them to get in. Barry Bonds, of course, holds the all-time home run record. Um, And a lot of people say there's really no reason for them not to be in other than the fact that they most definitely use steroids uh, at the height of their careers, which is true. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens almost undoubtedly used steroids. And it was in a time, yes, you can say, where a lot of people, almost everybody was using steroids. Everybody except for maybe Ken Griffey. But we'll get into that at some point later. And you have a lot of people out there who are saying that it's over. We need to stop this talk about, oh, it was cheating, blah, blah, blah. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and other players need to get in regardless of the um, fact that they were using steroids. And I have shifted my argument on this. I've shifted my view, I should say, on this a little bit. Because here's my view. And you can probably tell by the graphic to my right what what I'm about to say. My view is this. Okay, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens come in. Okay, okay. One hundred percent. Then, undoubtedly, Pete Rose needs to get into the Hall of Fame. If Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who cheated, and the their the outcome of their cheating actually affected their play and games that they played in, if they're allowed to get in, all right, cool. Then Pete Rose should get but Pete Rose should get in way before those guys do. There should be a year difference. Like I'm so serious about this. If they decide all right, they're eligible, blah, blah, blah. They can get in. Pete Rose needs to get in first. Because Pete Rose, like, say what you want. I know there's a lot of weird people. They they'll say that that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should get in, but Pete Rose shouldn't. And that pisses me off because it's not logical in the slightest. Because on one hand, you got Pete Rose, who, yes, he gambled. He was an addict. He's been open about this. But he wasn't a cheater. He was banned from the game for gambling on baseball games. We know this. This is true. He's talked about it. But at no point was he cheating. He never bet against the Reds, meaning he never threw a game. During his time as a manager, he never bet against his own team either. He never did any of that kind of stuff that affected the direct outcome of the game. Yet people out there want to defend Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Because it was just part of the game. Oh, but it was just part of the game. But they had the audacity to say someone like Pete Rose, who's a Hall of Famer, look at his career. They have the audacity to say that Pete Rose shouldn't get in. Even though he never cheated, he was banned because he had an addiction problem because he was gambling. I understand what Pete Rose did was 100% against the spirit of the game. 100%. Exactly. But what Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did literally affected the outcome of games. You morons. You morons. How dare you? dare you? I cannot believe, and I there's a Twitter thread out there that actually motivated this entire segment, because there are actually some idiots out there who believe that putting steroids in your body, getting stronger, staying stronger at a a very higher age, and being strong enough to swing that bat even harder than you should be, they think that somehow that is significantly less egregious than just betting on games that you w- couldn't that you couldn't affect the outcome of. I wanna make this clear. He never bet against his own team. Meaning he either wasn't betting on his team or on his team at all, or he was betting on other teams. Or even, or even, there's a third option. Thirdly, the dude was actually dumb enough to bet on his team every time. Which, hey, against the spirit of the game, of course. But cheating? I don't get that. It's not true. That's why I don't get it. It's not true. My G. It's just... I, I, that's the thing too. And that's why here's the thing. I won't move on it until other people move on it. I won't move on it. If Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in. Okay. But Pete Rose needs to be right there in the conversation because his offense was significantly less egregious. His offense was significantly less impactful on the game and his play and his records and, and, and his tenure as a manager, all of that. So I don't know. I don't know why people want to make this huge case for someone like like Barry Bonds, who everyone knows the dude did steroids. Come on. Everyone knows he did. And everyone knows that that it was that it that it helped him be better than everyone else. Yes, he was very, very talented. He probably would have been he probably would have been in the Hall of Fame regardless. But the fact that he actually put a substance in his body that affected the way the game was played, that's something you can't take back. We got someone in the chat saying, yeah, but he can bet on other teams when he is playing them and purposefully miss hits. No, he never bet. But that's the thing. He never bet against his own team. He never bet against his own team. That, that's the thing. That's a misconception that people never take, you know, the two seconds to really read into or, or look up or research. Pete Rose never bet against his own team. So, meaning that at no point did he ever throw, his, throw a game. At no point did he ever send someone out there as a manager to throw a game. Yes, was it wrong? Yeah, sure. You shouldn't be bet. You shouldn't be betting and be involved in in that kind of industry. Like when you're an insider like that, it's like the equivalent of insider trading, right? But actually, not the equivalent of insider trading. It's much much worse. But you're telling me that somehow, I, I the argument that that what Pete Rose did was worse or more impactful in the game than what Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did is laughable. Absolutely laughable. I mean, I don't know. Y'all let me know what you guys think in the chat. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. I mean, like like this is something that I actually went back and forth with with Andrew and Johnny G about last year when 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 the same conversation was happening. And I've always been of the opinion that okay, Pete Rose and Babe Ruth, or sorry, Babe Ruth. Uh Pete Rose, of course what he did was wrong, but it, but I I just do not see a world where it was egregious or more egregious than what Barry Bonds and, um, you know, someone like Roger Clemens did. Uh, like, and look, if I had a vote today, I don't know who would I vote. Uh, like, who, who would I vote for? I vote for Pete Rose way before I vote for Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. Just based off of just based off of the offense and how the degree of of how egregious it was. You know, I I, I just... I just can't see past that. That's just what I'm saying. Um. Yeah. Guys, don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more to discuss. We've got a lot more to do. We've got a lot more to see. So what's wrong with hitting that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell? Because in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined with good old Ben Greenberger. And he's going to talk about all of the great stuff that... Is going to go on this weekend in the NFL. We have the NFL conference preview coming up in just like literally just a few minutes. Uh, but I think I got one more thing to talk about before then. But it's gonna be great, man. Ben, you got, if you guys have not uh, engaged with or seen Ben, that dude's amazing. He know he knows football in and out. We're going to be talking about that. Actually, before he gets on, we might as well just look take a look at uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the conference championship game. Boom, there it is. So you got the Bengals and the Chiefs at 3 p.m. and the Rams and San Francisco 49ers. I've already said this before. I I picked the 49ers to go to the NFC title game. All right, I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Will they get to the Super Bowl at this point? Nah, you'll get my prediction in a little bit, but... If there's one team out there that has the defense to really compete with the Rams, you got to think it's the it's the 49ers, right? And the Bengals. What a good story the Bengals have been over the past number of weeks. I mean, you know, especially this entire year, 10-7, and seven, you know, and Joe Burrow's ascent into superstardom. It, it, it's all great to see, but will it last? Find out in just a few minutes. Um, but yeah. So again, we're just waiting for Ben to come on in. Um... In the meantime, guys, I'd be free to take some questions in the chat. I know Liam in the chat was asking about Antonio Brown. We talked about Antonio Brown earlier. And he, he was very much surprised about the fact that Antonio Brown was suing his own team. And he said, this guy, being meaning, meaning I should say, Antonio Brown, sounds funny. And boy, oh boy, is Antonio Brown pretty funny. I mean, it, it's here's the thing with AB, though. It, it, it's funny you know." it's funny in, in in a way, I guess, but mostly I feel, I feel bad. I feel sorry for a lot of people and not just him. I feel sorry for, you know, his family. I feel sorry for the people who, whose lives he's affected. And I'm not talking about like football players. No, I'm talking about like real people, like, you know, his accuser whose live, regardless of what we want to say was affected. Right. In some way. I mean, you know, it, it it's just like, it's just I I just hope everyone who needs help in that situation gets help. Oh man. Guys, uh the other thing that was uh weird out of this week in the NFL, uh so the 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 Green Bay Packers, right, when they lost, there was an upcry from a lot of people in the Packers community. There was an up there's an uproar about like how everyone's like 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 just it's over. It's over. And you know what I gotta say about that? They're absolutely right. The cat the Packers are in Cap hell. Aaron Rodgers is gone, bro. Gone. G.G. One way or another, he's gone. Either he's retiring or he's going to be on a different team. He, he he basically said as much on the Pat McAfee Show Live. He is gone. And I just don't think at, at this point they're going to have the cap money to keep everyone together. And, I mean, like they'll find a way to franchise, you know, probably Devontae Adams maybe. But the Smith brothers are gone. You know, like, you're going to get rid of Randall Cobb. You're going to get rid of a lot of other pieces around that team, um, Scandling and and the like. You're not going to have enough cap room to keep those guys around. So, at that point, is Aaron Rodgers going to want to come back to a team that he's going to have to carry again? He's going to have to carry that team. They are going to have to only win because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, does he want to go back to that? He basically said no to that. Remember, in in his... press conference as he was leaving the uh as he was leaving the divisional round divisional round loss I should say he said that he's not in the he's not at the point in his career where he's going to stick around for a rebuild that's not where he is Aaron Rodgers right now is at the point of his career where he wants to win he's like a third he's he's older he's like 37 he's about to be 38 I believe the dude is at a point in his life where his fo- his his football years are numbered, and he's gonna want to just win. So we'll have to see what happens with that whole situation, guys. Um, because Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna stick around. I, I think I think he's gonna end up sticking around the NFL. Uh, we'll, but we'll, we'll see about that, guys. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever. A new video is released, and I believe we have a special guest joining us. If the special guest can turn on his camera, we can see if uh, if things are working. And, oh, looky, looky, look, we do. Seamless transition. Fuck yeah, bitch. Hey, man, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm trying to...
1: you see your reflection you no know, you know what your reflection looks like but when i'm looking at myself on your screen i'm seeing what everybody else sees and that confuses the hell out of me so I, i'm I, it's like i'm looking at a different person right now but it, w- you know, would
0: it help if i just turn that screen off
1: no I, I i need to i need to know what i look like i gotta i gotta have that sense
0: of you know keeping myself in check and everything but how are you doing you gotta you got a clean face now you're all shaved uh, I yeah, I, I'm clean shaved, you know, I'm going to surprise the people at work tomorrow with, with baby face armor. but man, we got a lot to talk about, Ben. Actually, we don't really have a lot to talk about, we, we're just going to talk, you're just going to geek out about Joey Burrow, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, and then we're going to kind of go from there, aren't we? Um, but yeah, um, Ben, before we get to that though, I, I do want to very quickly talk about that fucking game. My God, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills had what possibly could be one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Like, what were there were like three lead changes in in, in the last two minutes of the game. The Chiefs, with 13 seconds left, when, when it looked like the Bills, who had just come back the second time in those last two minutes, when it looked like the Bills were on their way, the AFC Championship game on their way back to Bills Mafia. Pat Mahomes did what Pat Mahomes does and just said, I'm gonna score. Ha ha! And he did. He threw a big pass to Travis Kelsey. The Harrison Buckner field goal sent it overtime. And then, you know, Josh Allen said, right? He said that, you know, there's nothing more we could have done. There's one thing more he could have done. He could have called heads. That's just all I'm saying. He could have called heads. You Um, can't call heads.
1: You cannot call
0: heads because then if it goes tails and
1: it's like, well, tails never fails. Why didn't he know that? He was 9-0 on coin tosses going into the year or
0: going into that game. He hadn't lost a coin toss. And then that happened. It is unbelievable. You know why? Because he thought about it. He thought about it way too much. That's what happened. He thought about it way too much, and it cost him the coin toss. But, Ben, you and I were texting back and forth during that game, or I don't even want to call it a game, that amazing just – moment in in human history. <laughs> like what what would you what do you think about that, you know? Like, like, just what was your initial reaction as that game was happening and, and how do you look back at it right now? I was high on football.
1: I I've I've never been uh that high on football before, probably since uh probably since LSU won the national championship a couple of years ago. I have not been just in that cloud that haze of like what i'm what i'm seeing right now is something that i might not ever see again um because those those last two minutes were um touchdown and then another touchdown and then another touchdown and then another touchdown after a game that was like uh are we even gonna hit the over here like what's going on and just all of a sudden all hell broke loose i mean it's uh it it was tough because it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, where the defense is, somebody has to make a stop, right. Who's going to step up and make a play. Uh, And it just seemed like nobody was going to. Um, I remember coming on this show last week and, and doing the whole preview and saying Buffalo will win if they can go out there and tackle in those intermediate yardage spots, if they can keep those 70 yard Tyreek Hill touchdowns to just, you know, 15 or 20 yard gains, or, or maybe like seven or eight yard gains, like just cut everything down. And for the most part, they did. For the first 58 minutes of the game, they did. Right. And then when everything went crazy and blew up at the end, what was happening? Tyree Hill was getting long pass. He was getting short passes and turning them into long gains. Travis Kelsey was getting short passes and turning them into long gains. That's the Chiefs offense. There was no bombs. There was no anything that would like say, oh, somebody got burnt there. People just got ran past. And that's the problem with the Chiefs. That's why they're so tough to beat is because you can do great on, on stopping them and making those tackles for the first 57, 58 minutes of the game. But that speed catches up to you. Those guys are in great condition. They're in the best shape of their lives. They're all young and they're able to play like at at that
0: speed for the entire game. And it just, it just wore the bills out. I saw a meme of it was when Tyreek Hill was doing the peace sign to the Bills defender right and on on, the, on the one of the touchdowns i saw a meme where it was like it's like doing the peace sign to someone who's in front of you is psychotic like like it, and it's true it's like that's the only way i could describe the chiefs offense like like at, when they're at their best it's psychotic because it's impossible to stop. Genuinely, like Travis, like who, like who are you gonna choose to stop? Like w- w- especially when they're in the zone as much as they are right now, you're gonna choose to stop Travis Kelsey. Like, no, he's the best tight end in football. because Not just because he's a big target in the middle of the field. Not just because he's faster than you think he is. But the dude will run through you. And we, found, we saw that and we found that out. Or the Bills, I shouldn't say, found that out. And he's also, like, the best route runner probably in the game right now. Like, receiver or otherwise. I mean, he's just insane. And then you got, obviously, the running backs. You know, McKinnon. You have Clyde's Edward Eclair. Yes, Eclair, not Elair. You have, you know, like, Hardman who's, like, apparently faster than, than Tyreek Hill, which is fucking scary. I mean, it, it is uh, scary. Yeah, psychotic and scary. That is the Chiefs' offense when they're at their best because they're just so hard to beat. Like, you have to—you kind of have to bet on them getting in their own way to get that dub. Like, that's the—that's, like, the only way. Like, look at the Super Bowl last year. You could point to a lot of things the Bucs did well, right? Like, they they played. They've defended pretty well. They tackled very well, which is, again, a way to help you beat this team. But you, but at the end of the day, more often than not, you have to rely on the Chiefs beating themselves rather than you beating them, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, they're, they're an impossible team to beat. And the other thing about Kelsey is that it seems like he's running that offense. Like, I don't know if you saw the clip. There was an inside the NFL clip. They had him mic'd up. Um, and the clip that came out was on the sideline. I'm
0: not running he's the talking, route.
1: He, well, he's he's talking to Tyree Kill, and he's basically telling him how they've been covering him all game and how they're going to change it in the last minute because when they're playing, you know, a 13-second game, for whatever reason, the Bills decided to guard the sidelines even though the Chiefs had three timeouts and could only really run two, three plays max. Um, and he was like, hey, the middle of the field is going to be open. Take the middle of the field. He's telling Pat Mahomes all this. And, you know, it, it It doesn't necessarily make me think less of Patrick Mahomes, but it kind of reaffirms my opinion that it's like, you know, Pat Mahomes is an incredibly talented quarterback. He's got all the arm talent. He's got all the just accuracy, everything that you would want if you were building a quarterback. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is the brains behind the operation on the field. Like it's yeah. it's not – and and they work great like that. I only, I compared it the other day uh, to Brady and Gronk, but if Brady was the tight end, right, yeah, right, and Gronk's the quarterback, where it's like you have this incredibly freak physical talent, and then you have another guy who's like, hey, you know, he's he fits the type of that position, but he's got an incredible brain. That's Kelsey is like a quarterback on the field. He's he's an incredible player. I, it it didn't make me think less of Mahomes, but it made me think
0: incredibly highly of Kelsey. Like that that guy is he's a different type of player. He he's a difference maker on that team. Like like you want to talk about like like the the big moments where Travis Kelsey has just shown up. Wh- whether it is like those leadership or or those those you know brain master moments i don't even know what that means but you, you know what i mean like those moments where he kind of takes over the game on a mental uh basis or the, the moments where he just takes over the game like he's just able to do it so well it just adds another wrinkle to what makes this team so freaking scary and unstoppable and and I like, guess what I'm saying, like you have to hope, you have to hope and pray that this team is just having a bad week. Like, like that's genuinely it. You have to kind of hope and pray that these teams gonna have a bad week, if you want a real chance to beat them.
1: But yeah. and I, and you have to hope for a good matchup. The other thing on Kelsey that just popped into my head is like, you remember when the Chiefs were like really good all those years ago, but they had like a couple seasons where it seemed like they just Alex Smith wasn't throwing any touchdowns to receivers.
0: Yeah. Like that, yeah. That was, I, I remember was, it was like, it was like he threw, he threw a touchdown on a Thursday night to like Dwayne bow and everyone like like they threw a parade in Kansas city. Cause he finally, after like 10 or 11 games, threw a touchdown to a receiver.
1: Because who was the tight ends catching all those touchdowns? And Kelsey. Who was the one, right. was yeah. Catching all the touchdowns and Jamal Charles was running them in on screen passes. I mean that, mm-hmm. that it really tells you how important he's been to that, uh, that city. And just like, looking back on it his impact with that franchise is like you know he he might not be the most physically gifted tight ends ever played but in terms of his resume and what he's got between his ears he's he's a really really special player and i feel like we should
0: like appreciate him a lot more than we do i agree with you i totally agree with you man and i'm sure the people in the chat agree with you we got big ticket in the chat saying I predict the team that scores the most points is going to win. Quote by John Gruden. The big big ups to John Gruden, the big the big play caller in the sky. Um, uh, uh, All right. Well, well. Thank you for entertaining me, or uh, I guess entertaining entertaining that thought. Uh, I really want to get your thoughts on that game. But let's go to the big games, man. We have two monumental games that are going to decide. Who is going to go to Los Angeles and try to lift up that Lombardi trophy at the end of the year? The Cincinnati Bengals are gonna take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. I think I got that right. And then you got the San Francisco 49ers. Uh then you got the San no. <laughs> Fr- Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then you got the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. 6 p.m. 6:30 Eastern. What who gives a fuck time uh on the on the West Coast? Who cares? I don't care. I don't care what Dude, it's the West Coast. Who cares? Um anyway, so Bengals, Chiefs, Niners, Rams. I got to ask you, Ben, before we get into each matchup, which one of these teams being at this point surprises you the most right now? <sighs>
1: I mean, I'd say they all do. The only one that doesn't is the Chiefs. I think we all kind of expected the Chiefs to be here just because they're they're a repeat uh, offender in this. They always find a way to sneak their way into the AFC championship game uh, by being really good all year. Um, the other three, I did not have San Francisco going this far. The Rams, I mean – I thought Matt Stafford was going to turn into Matt Stafford at some point, just being an unclutched guy, but I guess oh, there's it turns out uh, that yeah, we can, well, yeah, he can always pumpkin. He could always pumpkin on us. Um, and then the Bengals, I mean, in my heart, I've been saying the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl because Joe Burrow is like, and I'll make my Joe Burrow case when we do, when we talk about that game, um, He's different. He's literally, he's just a different player. Like he's, he's a, he's a culture changer. I love everything about him. I love everything about that Bengals team. Um, There's something special going on there that I, it's magic. I don't know how to explain it. Um, So while I was like in my heart, I was like, yeah, the Bengals, this is, this is the year they're going all the way. I didn't actually think that they would be playing in the AFC championship game. I mean, I thought the Raiders game would be close um, I thought ten. I I said last week I thought Tennessee was gonna you know beat Tennessee and be a, the one seed that they are playing at home. And I was like, look, Bengals won a playoff game. They're gonna come back next year and they're gonna you know all right we've won a playoff game now. And I thought next year was gonna be the year that they could win a Super Bowl. I'm very happy that they're here. I'm a Joe Burrow guy, and uh, look this this might be the year and this might be the first of
0: many. So. I'll just throw that out there. All right. Well, all right. Well, we'll, we'll have time to to prove that wrong at, at, an, at a different time. But first of all, let's talk about the AFC Championship game. Ben, Cincinnati Bengals versus Kansas City Chiefs. The upstart Bengals. Against the Chiefs, who have been here the past what four years now? This is their fourth year in a row being in the AFC Championship game. They're looking hosting to go hosting, hosting, hosting. Yes, you as you're right, hosting the AFC Championship game. The dominance we've not seen since the days of the Patriots of Brady and Belichick, which was literally like three years ago if you're counting. But um, but you got them hosting the Bengals. Went ten and seven, upstart team. Very young team as well. You you talked about Joe Burrow. We didn't talk about Jamar Chase. Uh, this defense is very underrated, very good. They gave Tennessee a lot of trouble. Derrick Henry on his return, people said he was 100%. I don't know about all that. If, if that's the case, this Bengals defense might be the scariest in football. But what do you think about this matchup, Ben? Uh, what are the keys to victory for either team? And who do you think gets the dub? I mean, look, the Chiefs already lost to the
1: Bengals once this year. And I, and I did this last week where I was like, hey, Teams that have uh, lost to one team already are going to beat them the second time around. Um, Did not track that fully, but uh, I do know that I used that logic for my Bucks pick last week, and it did not work. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, the Chiefs have been getting better all year, like freaky better all year. Like they they looked like a like a Super Bowl contender. They looked like a Super Bowl champion last week. and I would almost say I would feel more comfortable picking the Bills over the Bengals than I do about picking the Chiefs over the Bengals. I don't know why that is. It's probably only because that it's probably only because the Chiefs have already lost to the Bengals this year. Um, but look, I, my key for Cincinnati is the same key that I had for the Bills last week. It's the only way to beat the Chiefs. If you can tackle their receivers before they turn before they turn whatever play they have into yards after the catch, they have a shot at winning this game. There's no other way to beat the Chiefs. They, they, the Chiefs don't run the ball great. Yeah. They don't have great. They don't have a great running game. Their entire short yardage strategy is dump the ball off and let whoever catches it get a couple of yards. Jarek McKinnon is perfect for that system. He's the perfect type of receiving back for what they like to do. Clyde Edwards-Helaire, he can bang a little bit for two or three yards, and then he'll catch the ball and he Felix. can. Uh, hi, yeah. <laughs> um but then he, but he can catch the ball and then he can go do what he does after the catch if the chiefs are able to tackle between the if they can keep plays to five to seven yards and they avoid the big play the chiefs are going to have some incomplete passes they always do you need to make them punt i mean it's punts and field goals you, you can't you can't be giving up touchdowns you can't be giving up big plays to this team and the chiefs for whatever reason haven't been a great team at like an, an eight, nine minute drive to just like kill the clock. They're not great at that. They're, they're a microwave offense. That's they not their game. Quickly. No. And, and it, and it shouldn't be, they're not built for that. Um, And they're very good at doing it the other way. So it's, it's the same key that I have with the bills. I think if the Bengals on offense, just keep doing what they're doing, they, they have a shot at winning because the, their offense is very, like, classic. They have a classic offense. They can run the ball. They can throw it intermediate. They can throw it deep. Jamar Chase is just as good as Debo Samuel after the catch. I mean, it's – they they're and, – and they're a team that can go on, like, that eight- or nine-minute track,
0: which that's that's my standard for, like, offenses that I like to watch can they
1: kill the clock
0: when they have oh to? you must have loved that 2019 Baltimore Ravens team you must have just loved watching them like 40 minute like 40 they had like there was like a four game stretch Where it was like the average 40 minutes time possession. I'm like that is lethal, yeah, <laughs> like, not lethal. What you love to
1: see there's nothing I love more than when Army goes on a 19 play 80 yard drive and and takes like you know 12 minutes off the clock and yeah it's I, I love that stuff but yeah, I mean, look, Chiefs at home. Um, they've been they've been in the situation before. I feel like they're hungry. Um, they didn't win a championship last year. They've been probably hearing about that all year, um, and they they're really really good. The Bengals' D line is really good. They can get some pressure. I've been waiting for that Chiefs offensive line to fall apart because we remember, like, that was the story of the offseason when the Chiefs replaced their entire offensive line. They basically got five new starters. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole new unit, but it seems like they've gotten better over the course of the year. Um, Zeus.
0: They got the son of Zeus in there. They, they got the son of Zeus in there. He's not nah, – no, that offensive line is going to be fine.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'll give Joe Burrow some extra motivation. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I will be, again – more than happy if the Bengals win. Um I texted a bunch of friends today. I said the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Believe it. So is that all you texted them? That that was it. It was the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> are going to the Super Bowl. Believe it. And I sent that like like that was my lunch hour thought today. I was just like, "You know what? Let's just put it out there. Positive energy. We're all going to believe it and it's going to happen." Because that that seems like the only thing that can really like Work with this Bengals team. There's there's no rhyme or reason to anything that they do besides Joe Burrow is probably the most special quarterback I've I've seen coming out of college and into the pros. Like he's he's got a legit shot at putting together the best football resume that anybody's ever put together. So I, yeah, I, I just I just love this team. He's multiple championships. If it's not this year, he's going to win a lot. For the city of Cincinnati.
0: So, you know. well, he's already won their hearts. That that's for damn sure. He's won the hearts of everyone in Cincinnati. I mean, so I, I I mean I don't need to go too much into the keys. Like you already mentioned, the biggest key for the Bengals is tackle and take advantage of the mistakes if they come your way. They cannot afford a second of lapse in, of in judgment. They cannot afford a second of lapse in concentration at all on defense. Because that's where you're going to get burned. And I think that in this game, the Bengals need to kind of rely on the fact that they are young and maybe not afraid so much to make uh, mistakes. And maybe they have a little bit of that swagger. Rely on that. If Joe Burrow's feeling it, let him throw it loose to Jamar Chase down the field. And see, take some shots early. Take some shots early. Take them often. And keep that secondary of the Chiefs on notice. Because, look, the secondary when they lost Tyron Matthew. Uh, in that Bills game, they they became a little suspect. Like they became a little suspect. I know they got some other safeties in there who can tackle in the middle of the field, but it's about all they can do. Um, but I, I in actuality, I mean, I I and I think I want to be very kind to the Bengals because look, I'm I'm a Ravens fan and I'm genuinely happy to see Bengals fans having something to root for. And I say that because I'm going to crush their dreams. They are going to get demolished by the Kansas City Chiefs. It is going to be, it is going to be a, it is going to be like, it's going to be like a reality check a little bit. I but I feel I, I you know I like Joe Burrow too, but like it's going to be a little bit of a reality check for him. I think, I think that this is a team that is one year out from being a genuine contender, and I think a loss here would actually do more for them. As far as motivating them and going back to the drawing board and learning what worked and what didn't work, instead of just relying and coasting on you know what they have right now in this youthful exuberance, because what I think the Chiefs have been doing, and what I think was their Achilles heel last year, they just kind of relied on what they had. And look, it got them to the Super Bowl. Like, but I mean, I I just don't know if that's like a a a long term strategy. But I got yeah, I got the Chiefs in this one. I'm not gonna say blowout, but I'd say like ten points. Like I'll I'll say like 34-24. respectable but you know like so, like that, like that's your yeah. little gambling
1: tip for everybody it's it's a cheap serve winning by ten at least. this is what you're saying
0: yeah and so it's, definitely so. by seven definitely like like, like that that's just a, a touchdown for sure like I just. Like and again I I just think right now the way the Chiefs are looking it's just hard. It is just hard. They're they're going to have to ha- implode. Like the story if the Bengals win like I I, I promise you this uh dude, if, if the Bengals win, the story of, of it is not going to be how the Bengals won. It's going to be how the Chiefs imploded. Like that that that's going to be the story and probably rightfully so because there's really like, I know the Bengals are good, but overall, there's really not an excuse for the Chiefs to lose this game, to be honest with you.
1: Probably not, but I also think the narrative could be uh, coming out of this game that after after the Bengals win it, like, not, not in a blowout, not soundly, but convincingly, in a way where you would be like, yeah, you know what, if we played that game 10 more times, the Bengals would probably win seven of them. I think the storyline is going to be uh, you guys talk so much about Allen and Mahomes. Everyone forgot about Joe Burrow, who is that guy. Uh, There's I'm telling you, there's, there's something different about this guy. There's really something different about this guy. I, I it's, he's smart. It's the intangibles that this is stuff where it's not about arm talent and throwing the ball 70 yards down the field and arm angles, his helmet lost his um the the headpiece or whatever it is on uh i think late in the second quarter i was standing up yelling at the tv because he's standing there doing this right hands over his ears and he's looking at the sideline and he's giving him this and i'm and i'm saying he can't hear them he he like not not because it's too loud but because the the communication's down and i was just like joe call the plays Just go in there and call the plays. You know the offense. Completion, completion, four-yard run. Like, it was was unbelievable. I was like, he he can run this offense, and he did the same thing at LSU. That's what made me, like, immediately be like, this is a completely different quarterback than the guys who we just talk about as being, like, talented or having, like, you know, skills and and being able to throw the ball far. This is the difference between – Guys that are like Aaron Rodgers and guys that are like Tom Brady. This is the difference between guys that win one or two rings and guys that win four or five. It's, it's, this is this is like okay okay there's, okay play.
0: okay there's been like one dude who's won like four or five you need to chill out um <laughs> like you're out here like oh my god like the, the, the guys you know you mean the guy who won like four or five six fucking tom brady's won seven it's still like difficult i've seen them all it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that he's won seven Super Bowls. Like, and again, it's just a te- testament to the greatness of Tom Brady. At the end of the day, we're always just going to – its you know—the NFL is always going to come back to how great Tom Brady is. For like, it's going to last an eternity. That's
1: just—I—I was—I always said the same thing. And when Joe Burrow went on that run with LSU, I was like, this—we might be watching. The second coming of Tom Brady right now, and I and I still believe that. I've I've never been as sold on a quarterback as I was on Joe. This is I'm telling you, I'm look, and anybody that's listening to this and watching this right now, listen to me because I will be right in ten years. We're going to look back at, at Joe Burrow, who's going to be you know thirty five because he's a little bit older, but we're going to look back at him and be like, this is one of the more special players that's ever played the game. I'm um, I fully believe that.
0: Well, when Joe Burrow's career ends early because the Bengals refuse to draft offensive linemen, in 10 years, that real Take sports 700. I'll make you eat your hat. But no, we we love Joe Burrow. Big respect to Joe. Although if, you know, hey, Bengals, if you don't want to draft an offensive lineman and want to let the Ravens, you know, like just get a free rush at him every now and then, uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, we're trying to get some division titles too. Uh, Guys, hit that like button. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. We got one last game to talk about. And it is the showcase of the Immortals, the NFC title game, the night game of the conference championship roundup. I don't know. Conference championship day. Be- uh, they got the Niners best defense in the NFL versus the Rams. Some would argue best offense in the NFL. Those some ones would be wrong. They're up there, though. They beat the Bucs, they beat the defending Super Bowl champs. The Niners beat the Packers, who looked like they were Aaron Rodgers was not going to be denied, but Aaron Rodgers, man, he did he did it again. He did it again in the playoffs in the big moment. He just His team just couldn't get it done. And I know a lot of – I just want to say this before we get started on this game. I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, how dare his defense and special teams, like, let up this. Aaron Rodgers scored 10 points in that game at home. Like, let's not discount that. Like, And I know it's a good defense, a really good defense, but Aaron Rodgers scored 10 points. I don't know, that's on him that's on Hello. him. You want you want a stat? I got a stat for you. This so Give this might stat.
1: be this might be inaccurate, but the the spirit of it is correct. I don't I don't oh, remember so the hey, So now you're sounding like Aaron Rodgers would on a podcast. Yeah, so I did my own research on this. Um the the numbers that I have in my head, which I think are like pretty close to being accurate because this is what I heard. Um he had 27 pass attempts that were counted as like targets, right? Like not throwaways, not like where you where a target was assigned to the receiver right of those 27 21 of them were to Devonte adams and aaron jones he was locked in on two guys he was not interested in, in throwing to anybody else including alan lazard who on the little football dots thing that they put up on twitter after the game was wide open on that last yeah, play yeah he was wide
0: open wasn't he uh
1: wide open
0: Aaron Rodgers dodging Super Bowls like he dodges vaccinations. Anyway, let's um let's move on and talk about the winners, though, of that game. The 49ers, by the way, they should get a lot of credit for that. Holding Aaron Rodgers in that offense 10 points a week after holding the Dallas Cowboys, who were the number one offense in yards or whatever in the NFL to whatever, what was it like 16 points? And they didn't they looked flustered like Dude, this Niners defense is for real. And Ben, I've been saying it since like I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. I said, watch out for this Niners team because if there's a team that's gonna make a dark horse Super Bowl run, it's this team because they can run the ball with whoever, whomever they want to. They can have whoever in the backfield: Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, the, the whatever. They're running the ball, they're, and they're gonna run right past you. My one thing has always been, Jimmy G can't make the mistake at the end of the game, but. My big key here is Jimmy G has made all the mistakes leading up to this, meaning he is overdue to have a great game. Jimmy G, here's my prediction, and then I'll let you have it. My key for this game is put the ball in the hands of Debo Samuel. Do not put the ball in the hands of Jimmy G. Uh, but Jimmy G is going to have 300 yards in this game. It is going. He's going to have 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and... And I'll give him a rushing touchdown on top of that. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game out of nowhere. I'm going to say 38 to 32, and the Niners get the dub and go to Super Bowl. Go to the Super Bowl in the same building. In the same building. They're going to win the Super Bowl. In the same building, they're going to win the NFC Championship at. Like it is going to be electric. This is a team that is well coached. This is a team that is well built. This is a team that still has a fullback and Kyle Youchek, who is the best fullback in pro football. Fight me! You have so many factors that make this team great. They're gritty. They like like and 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 the biggest thing that people want to say like, oh my god, this quarterback controversy. It's in Jimmy G's head. People who don't know shit about football. This team loves Jimmy G. They absolutely love Jimmy G. The way they talk about this guy. Is that they? That's their guy. That's their leader. For better or worse or what? It's kind of like the little bit of the Flacco effect. Like it's like oh uh, it's like oh my God, Joe Flacco sucks. Yeah, but that's Joe. That's our guy. Like that's our guy. Sometimes he's you guys gotta have a guide. Sometimes man, that just being that guy is good enough to win you a Super Bowl. I look, I'm a Ravens fan. I know it. Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer, baby. We 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 got those guys. So. Look, in all seriousness, I think the 49er defense is going to be the difference in this game. Uh, I, I may have been a little too much with my prediction, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. I got the Niners regardless.
1: I'll I'll go with the Niners also in this Ooh, one. Just because,
0: no, oh, uh, fuck. Now they're going to lose. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs>
1: here's, here's the thing. Everything's lining up for the 49ers in this game, right? You've got Sean McVay got asked the question today. Is Kyle Shanahan in your head? And he said no, which means yes. Uh he's 0-4 against Kyle Shanahan, I, I think is what I saw. Or 0-4 at home, maybe. Um, either way, he's Sean DeVay is not good against Kyle Shanahan. Um, Kyle Shanahan owns him, you could say. And uh, you know, you've got you've got the Rams, who again, I feel are due for, for a collapse. Um I don't like that this game is at 630 and it's out West because that means that it's going to be a late game uh, here. It's going to be dark on the East coast, but it's going to be sunny out there. I'm, I'm never a fan of, of like time zone differences when there's like sun in one place, like very clearly afternoon and it's dark over here. I, I can't stand that. Um, so that's going to throw me off. I'm not going to like that. Um, the other, I'll, I'll throw a prediction out there. Actually, no. I, I'm not going to throw a prediction out there. I'll throw a line out there for for I'll throw okay. a line out there for the people.
0: Oh, oh, we're getting Ben's bets. We're getting, we're getting a line. line.
1: Okay. I'm 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 not making a bet. I am putting a line out there for people right. to put bets on. Two and a half. Two and a half is the number. What that is for is how many times Troy Aikman, who's calling this game for (laughs) Fox, says Jared golf, because he is going to mention Jared golf, former Rams quarterback. So I'm going to, I'm going to say two and a half. I feel like that's, that's right where it should be because uh, you're going to have him and I'm saying from kickoff or no, from the time the broadcast starts to the end of the game, like zero, 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 um, because they're going to come on the air Joe's going to introduce him. I'm Joe Buck. That's the hall of famer, Troy Aikman, as he always does. And uh, Troy's going to say, yeah, you know, Joe, that's why they went out and got Matt Stafford to replace Jared golf. Boom. One, that counts. So anytime after that counts towards the, uh, towards the two and a half. Personally, I'm going to take the over. I think we get three, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get two and Troy's just trying to lock in on the game that's in front of him and just talk about Matt Stafford. But
0: I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him say Jared golf because it's been it's a long It's not while. gonna happen. It's, it's not terrible. gonna happen. Forty Nine is gonna control this clock. He's only gonna be talking about Jimmy G in this game. This is Jimmy G's game. This is like 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 this is I'm telling you, like this is his redemption tour. Jimmy G is gonna redeem himself. He's gonna win the Super Bowl. How is the, how how are the Forty Nine ers gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't fucking know. We're gonna find out though, because they're gonna do it. Um, but man the, the cherry on, I think we're just overdue for one of those runs. Like, you know what I'm saying? The, every few years, there's a run where it just gets a guy paid for no reason whatsoever. This is going to be that. It's going to be the Flacco year. It's going to be the Eli year. We are going to get just the, the dud, the dud quarterback. And I, I'm not saying Jimmy G's a dud. He's a good leader. He's a really good game manager. I think he's like at the Alex Smith level when he was at the Kansas City Chiefs, which is good. You can win with a dude like that. And they've proven it. They, like, he's he's taking – say what you want. Jimmy G's taking this team to two a, uh, NFC title games. That's some, that's more than a lot of g- really good quarterbacks can say. That's more than Matthew Stafford can say. Matthew Stafford just won two playoff games. Yeah,
1: yeah. so, I mean I'm, – I'm also rooting for the chaos here. That's what I want because Jimmy G, they've already decided they don't want him around next year. And if Jimmy G gets you to a Super Bowl, I mean, if Jimmy G – like, wins you the Super Bowl? That would have been... How how much better can you do than two Super Bowls? You can't tell me Trey Lance is been oh,
0: two Super Bowls in she four did, years. See, that's the thing, yeah. though. It's NFL It's NFL logic. So, let's see. If we win the Super Bowl once this year with Jimmy G, we can win it twice next year. We, we can win two Super Bowls next year in one year with, with Trey Lance. Because like, he's two times the player, allegedly, that, uh, that Jimmy G is. Now, I, I think... I mean, it, it depends. I mean, like, the, the other thing, like, if we're talking about Jimmy G's future, the, the other thing to really factor in is Jimmy G hasn't necessarily played well. Like, if we're being honest, like, truly honest, he hasn't played well. Like, like you know, it's like, let's say he gets, for lack of a better term, carried to a Super Bowl or even, like, to an appearance, right? You know, I, I still don't think that if he plays the way he's been playing – I, I would still not blame the Niners for moving on or, or you know, going in the direction of Trey Lance, especially considering, I think Jimmy G is going to be a sought after uh, trade value in the offseason. Like, like there's gonna, there's a lot of teams looking for, there's always a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. Like, I mean, the one team that I'm like, so locked in on that they're going to get this guy is, I think Washington's going to go out there and get him. I, I think Washington is going to go out there and get Jimmy G, which is... Again, like is Jimmy G uh, that much of an improvement on uh, Taylor Heineke? Yeah, actually, he is, and I think he'll get the ball. He, like one thing, Jimmy G can do, he'll get the ball in your playmaker's hands. He will, he will get uh, uh, scary Terry the ball uh, down there in uh, land over Maryland. You can, you can bet that. But uh, that's wait, uh, wait, that's to be determined though, Ben. Um, yeah, l- last thing I'll ask you because I know you you have a very important appointment in in, in a few minutes. Um, we got we got one of the guys probably getting hired down there in New Orleans, Dennis Allen, probably going to be the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints.
1: I have always been a Dennis Allen guy. I always thought he deserved a second shot. Um, we'll see if he actually gets the job because there is some noise being made uh, around the Saints organization that they want to bring uh, Aaron Glenn back, who is their defensive backs coach under Dennis Allen. Dan Campbell, when he uh, went up to Detroit, took uh, Aaron Glenn with him and made him his defensive coordinator. So now he's got that on his resume. Detroit's defense was pretty solid this year, but I feel like it really is Dennis Allen's job to lose. Uh, he was at Sean Payton's retirement
0: uh, press conference yesterday,
1: which you really don't ever see. Like they
0: they usually don't bring like. Dude, you see? did you see this Comedy Central-ass press conference with Sean Payton just, like, cracking jokes about Eli Apple? Like, he's just like, it's like, I root for everybody who, who used to be a saint except for Eli Apple. I'm like, oh, dude, or Eli Apple. Can't, can't catch a break. Also, can't catch a pick. But. Yeah,
1: there is some serious drama there. They've been Eli Apple in the city of New Orleans and, and the city of New York. I don't know how the Giants got shoehorned into this, but he's been going after Giants fans all week, too. I mean, I think there's just something about when you're on that Bengals team, you're just like, yeah, you know what? I can say whatever the hell I want because we're going to go to a Super Bowl this year and we're going to win a Super Bowl this year uh, and many, many more. But, yeah, Eli Apple, what a hilarious guy. Um, but, yeah, I, look, Dennis Allen is probably going to get the job there. They won that game in Tampa 9 nothing. I'll never forget that because that was a very stupid game. Um, the Saints are in cap hell. They are stuck with Taysom Hill, so that's going to be funny. Yeah. Um, watching somebody try to figure that out. So maybe Dennis Allen's doomed for failure and it won't work out this time.
0: Um, bring Jameis back. Just keep Jameis. He was Jameis. doing well. He was doing well. Well, we'll find out about that. Ben, thanks for making time. Thanks for always making time to, for these last minute uh, podcast appearances. Where can people find you? What's on your mind? What do you want to shout out?
1: Uh, you know, just uh, keep, keep going to the couch nap on Twitter. I'm, I'm, Always just posting whatever pops across my timeline on there. And uh I I forgot to mention the real reason I'm rooting for the 49ers is because you've got Alan Chris doing the Super Bowl, and I love to hear Chris Collinsworth say Debo Samuel. There's nothing he loves saying more than Debo Samuel. It's it's his favorite player. Just just make Chris happy. We gotta make
0: Chris happy. Yeah, I can't wait to hear 4K Walmart. What was it? Walmart court 4K Sky Cam the super walmart. Right. <laughs> 4k sky cam and let's take a home. look at the walmart 4k plus the walmart plus 4k sky cam now that's it that's really the
1: whole thing that's,
0: he, that's my he, first lo- he loves that thing he oh, loves, he loves thing. it he loves that thing and i'm never gonna unhear it i'm like because of you i'm never gonna unhear it but <sighs> ah, it'd be like that guys Follow us on Twitter at Sports. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sports Talk. Real Take Sports Talk every week. We got a lot of other stuff that in the work. We got the Royal WWE Royal Rumble live preview tomorrow night with Ango. Yes, go to Yes, that Ango. Uh, very famous on wrestling Twitter, Ben. So you wouldn't know him. Or very famous on wrestling YouTube too. But uh, we got him showing up. So we're gonna be breaking down the Royal Rumble, predicting and previewing all of that. And we also have a Royal Rumble watch-along on Saturday. We have the conference championship watch-along, probably, maybe. Depends on how busy I am on Sunday. And a lot more content in the work because I'm a fucking maniac and I love you people. I'm a slave to YouTube, but I do it for the clout. Uh, guys, until next time, keep it real.